0: All these girls gonna be in the league? You wish. You do wish. They're gonna have four teams. 16 girls to a team. That's right. Good. 64 girls. Yeah, what are you, a genius? <laughs> you know, they got over 100 girls here, so, um, some of you are gonna have to go home. Yeah, sorry about that. Come oh, on, Doris. Those people are jerks. What do you me. mean, Hope. some of us? Do it. Okay, some of them are going home. Hey, how did you do that?
1: Excuse me. Hey. hey, this is Derek, and this week I have another special guest sliding in to chat about League of Thrones here on Superimposed. First off, I just want to thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know we had talked at work a, a little bit about you had some cool ideas for podcasts. I don't want to talk about them here do to give any any of your secrets out. I thought this would be kind of a cool idea for you to to learn the ropes if if that's something you wanted to do. So.
0: Yeah, no, I think it that's really it's really fun for me. Also, I feel very opinionated <laughs> about this topic and <laughs> definitely my like greater podcast idea for the future is like always looming, will I ever do it? Unclear. But do it's a brilliant idea that I won't I won't uh release at this time yeah. but
1: oh I should probably introduce you I'm sorry. Uh oh, yeah. so <laughs> my guest today is Andrea Omira, um with whom I work with, who's very opinionated about movies in general but also this specific movie we're talking about today. Specifically um, this one. Own. Definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um wh- why exactly did you pick to get their own?
0: Um I think so I loved it so much as a child. It was, there's like this movie and then that thing you do, which is the other, you did that on your podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, we're like my two favorite movies as a child. And I watched them in a crazy way. Like not in a way that you're like, oh, I like this movie, but in a way that it, it feels like specifically young girls get into things where it was like the only <laughs> thing that mattered to me. <laughs> and I would. Like
1: it, like it was made for you. Yes.
0: And I would, like, print out images from it in, like, the very early days of having a computer and, like, post them, like, on my... Literally on my wall, like, on my bedroom wall, like, posting these things in my bedroom wall. (laughs) And just, like, this deep obsession with it that I've never necessarily been able to match in my adult life with caring about something. It's, like, very intense. (laughs) Um, So, like, normally I would have said, like... That thing you do probably number one. You already did that, so this is number two. Like yeah, yeah. movies that were nice. this and then like number three would probably be like newsies. Like the Disney. Newsies. Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that? It's the worst. Like a long time
1: ago, yeah. It's the worst?
0: I mean swear, it's the the best at the same time. It's one of those situations. Yeah.
1: I just love the hats. I love like, the newsy hats. <laughs>
0: there's a there's a lot of hats. <laughs> <laughs> there's like that movie is all hats. The hat budget was out of control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hats and newspapers really is like the tagline for that movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, well, this movie came out in 1992, so I was probably 10. I think you were a little younger than that.
0: Yeah, but not much.
1: Uh, League of Thrones was made on a $40 million budget. It brought in $132 million worldwide, which is like crazy. I didn't realize it made that much money.
0: Yeah. I kind of thought it was like a sleeper hit, but maybe not. Apparently. Oh, well, apparently not.
1: Well, it was super well-received, directed by Penny Marshall, who has some, like, really awesome movies under her belt.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So the movie, and I'll get into, like, all the people. There's so many people in this fucking movie. Um, The movie revolves around these two competitive Oregon farm girls, Dottie Hinson, played by Gina Davis, and Kit Keller, played by Lori Putty, whom T- I love.
0: Tank girl. <laughs>
1: Tank girl, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're recruited to join a female professional baseball league by John Lovitz. I forget his character's name because his character is basically John Lovitz.
0: Yeah, th- I mean isn't his character always John Lovitz? Like <laughs> yeah. my dad told me I think at the time that like my John Lovitz is the funniest man in America and it really implanted in me and ever since I've had a crush on him. So it's really problematic <laughs> really? and weird, but yeah, so
1: on John Lovitz really?
0: Yeah, I'm like the only one. <laughs> But yes, John Lovitz is in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, I I think he's hilarious. Um, I personally don't have have a crush on him, but uh... well, big mistake. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, the 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 plot revolves around so like uh, there's so many guys fighting in the war overseas. um, There's and there's a bunch of rich dudes who are losing money on baseball, so they want to create this new league with women players uh, to make money. And to keep the kind of baseball um, sport alive. So they all head to Chicago. On the way, they meet up with heavy hitter Marla Hooch, played by Megan Kavanaugh. Yay! That did really well.
0: The best. Yeah.
1: During the tryouts, they meet the other girls who will be on one of the four teams. Mae and Doris, played by Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell, who are both awesome. Classic duo. That's right. Uh, Shirley Baker, played by Ann Cusack, as well. The girls go through, which I thought was hilarious, like this lady training, this feminine sort of...
0: The charm school.
1: Charm school tra- training, yeah. yeah. Um, they're given skirt uniforms that help draw in the crowds. A little bit sexist. They all play hard and kick ass, and they have a little fun along the way. they dancing in a bar, doing weird things in confession booths. <laughs> and <laughs> eventually the floor falls out between Dor- um, Dottie and Kit, who is traded to Racine Bells. To avoid any further conflict within the team the team is led by their lush washed up team manager jimmy dugan played by tom hanks the rockford peaches play their way into the world series against their rivals the racine bells with the bells down a run in the final inning kit hits a deep ball and scores a winning run by plowing over his sister forcing her to drop the ball at the home plate controversial by the way controversial yeah which it is and then there's tears. From Everyone
0: on. cries. <laughs> yeah. Madonna song plays. I cry, Madonna song plays. <laughs> yeah. There's
1: people playing baseball. It's great. Um yeah, so that's basically I mean, super simplified version of it. Such I don't know, such a great film and they took a, I mean, obviously took a lot of inspiration from like the real life league yeah. that happened back in the day. Um I don't know how true it was to exactly what, you know, kind of what went down back then, but um but yeah.
0: I think it's like highly fictionalized, like the actual story of it, like all of the drama of it is highly fictionalized, right? Like the sibling rivalry and right. Madonna being like a sex pot <laughs> in the league. Like, I, I'm pretty right. sure that's all incredibly fictionalized, but there is so much of it that's true. Like I found out that the, you know, the song that they sing in the locker room and then they sing it again when they're old and mm-hmm. then come back to the the Hall of Fame. That's actually the song that from the All American Girls Baseball League. That's the oh, real I didn't song. Know that. Yeah, yeah. They, there was like one word that they tweaked, um, probably mm. for like sensitivity reasons. And it's a real song, which is amazing because I definitely thought like they wrote it for that movie. It was like, oh, what a catchy, silly song. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's the real like, one.
1: Madonna wrote it, you know, or yeah. something.
0: Yeah, exactly a
1: couple things that I thought like in the beginning of the movie were really funny. When you first see Gina Davis's character as like an old woman in the very beginning scene, it really threw me off because I actually thought it was Gina Davis like in makeup because they dub her voiceover and it was bothering me the whole time. I'm like, there's no way that's Gina Davis. They didn't have like that kind of makeup back then. And then come to find out it was just like a, they got an old woman who looked like her. <laughs>
0: I know. It's so funny uh, that you mentioned that because I was, I rewatched this with a girlfriend of mine a couple of days ago and she did not know this, despite the fact that like every woman who's in their thirties has watched this movie like 50 times. Right. And uh, when I said that's not Gina Davis, she, she literally did not believe me She's that like, it was what? not. Yeah. I know we had to look at the credits and I was <laughs> like, see, it's not <laughs> Gina Davis. I'm telling you it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's like a common misconception. She looks so much like her and of course like the voice is dubbed, so it's
1: Yeah, it just like adds to it. Yeah. And then another thing, I don't I just wrote this down. I thought in these kind of old-time old-timey movies, they had to kind of just take the Greyhound bus to <laughs> get to different places. And these old movies make it seem like it's like this magical experience, like I'm, you know, going town to town taking the Greyhound. But if you've ever taken a Greyhound bus, I don't mm-hmm. have you ever? Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. Awful. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. I was like, God, every time I've taken a Greyhound, I'm like, I just want to kill myself.
0: Oh, do you mean you're not like racing for it in your best like formal suit? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like hanging off of the side as it like, right. as it drives away? Yeah. And there's With, like a like suitcase a... that you're throwing into right. the open door.
1: <laughs> there's but like don't a you go- want that? Yeah. 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 I mean, that would be fun. Yeah. I feel like
0: the same girlfriend that I was watching this with and I both had the same thought, which was like, good God, we wanted to, we've always wanted to have that experience of like being late for a train and running after it and like grabbing onto the handle and pulling ourselves up inside of it. That is so deeply not how trains work that there's there's (laughs) no world in which that would ever happen. That's like saying that you want to accidentally get on the wrong airplane and like, oops, you're in like Tahiti now. Like, it just isn't the world that we live in.
1: It doesn't work.
0: No, but it's so romantic.
1: Yeah. You won't be able to, you know, if you try to catch up to a train now. There's no way you can do it.
0: Oh, no. although I still think I can. Every time I see one, I'm like, I could hop that, even though it certainly could not
1: hop. There's only one way to try. Just go down to King Street Station and just just wait for <laughs> yeah. the train to go and just bolt That's after sweet.
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what happens. <laughs> what happens is, like, yeah. I run 40 feet and then I'm completely winded and I can't get on the train (laughs) then I go home that's what happens here
1: (laughs) and then the police come and get you They're like what are you doing
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah someone has the police have to come and like drive (laughs) me home because I'm so tired
1: (laughs) I love too how okay like nowadays John Lovitz's character would have just been incredibly offensive in everything he was saying but it made me laugh out loud I read that they They had more lines for him that kind of, they were more subdued, but they loved the fact that he was just this, like, grotesque, hilarious character that they just, they got rid of all those lines and just kept the funny ones.
0: It's probably a good call because the, like, the lines he has are pretty rough, (laughs) so I can't (laughs) imagine what else he would say.
1: Yeah, the, what was the one um, where they were in Wrigley Field or whatever the fake name of the field was? Yeah, quote unquote Wrigley Field. And he was like, oh, he's like, I got to go back to my wife and Pickle Tickle or something like that. And I was like,
0: what? oh, it's Pickle Tickle. <laughs> yeah. I made a strong note of that, that it was give my wife a little Pickle Tickle. Yeah, <laughs> Which I did like as many times as I watched this as a kid, I never, ever, ever got.
1: You never like, understood it the reference? Went, yeah.
0: No, I was just like, oh, he's so wet. My dad loves him. And then watching it as an adult, I'm like, God, that's so yeah. dirty. <laughs>
1: Or just, like, I feel like it was ad-lib, the one where they're, he was talking to them at the farm, and there's a cow in the background just, like, being a cow. And he's like, shut up, you! You know?
0: Yeah, he's like, well, you <laughs> shut up!
1: Do I have the movie memorized? It's possible. Yeah, I just thought it was hilarious.
0: He's a delight.
1: Yeah. Do, do you have a favorite scene in the movie?
0: Like, I might have said this to you before. I am obsessed with any time that Tom Hanks yells. Yeah. Like, I, he is just, like, the best yeller i've ever seen it's not even screaming it's specifically yelling which i can't define but he does it better than anyone else and he does it in so many movies but he looks like he he's just so enraged and so i love it when he's yelling one of my favorite scenes is when he's yelling at doris because she misses the cutoff man Mm -hmm. when she's throwing and she's i think she's playing like center field or something and she misses the shortstop. And then he is, like, visibly shaking as he's talking (laughs) to her. And there's, like, a spit coming out of his lips. And I don't know why. It's not a great scene. There's way better scenes in this movie, which I actually think is a great movie. But he is just so angry. And I love it. Because he does it in such a way that doesn't... It's actually kind of amazing to see, like, when men are angry, it can be scary. Right. But he is never scary. And... when I watch that, I'm just kind of like, I want, I don't know. I, I just like it. And so <laughs> I love it every time he yells, I guess. So that's, I guess, honestly, that's my favorite scene. Yeah.
1: Um, that, scene yeah well, that scene was hilarious. Yeah. That scene particular, I thought was hilarious. Well, it's also like so, sort of like a growth moment for him because before he was essentially chastised. And that's where we got like, there's no crying in baseball. was a scene before where he yelled at her. Mm-hmm. And this time he's like. He just filled with rage, but he just yes. doesn't want to yell at her to make her cry. So he's like, you can tell it's all bottled up.
0: Yeah, he's containing it. Yeah. And it's, and it, but it's not like, scary. It's this is like amazing quality that Tom Hanks has to be like incredibly angry, but not threatening.
1: Yeah. And I will say, too, his character in general, this is the first time I've... I haven't seen this movie in a while, and so like looking at it with kind of a new lens... Tom Hanks is a horrible person in this movie. Like oh, he's just absolutely. an awful person. And there's he never does really anything to fix that or, you know, like he does have a little bit of character growth, but it's more just like like that like we just talked about.
0: Yeah, all he does is not yell at a woman. Like that, <laughs> that's, that's that's the base That's something. That yeah. should be the like, base.
1: Him and Gina Davis, I think connect on a certain level and it's more of just like a friendly coworker sort of thing. But like he, he This is the first time I've seen him in a long time just being an awful person in a movie.
0: Yeah, it's rare. He's such a, like, America's sweetheart type that when he's awful, it's surprising. I guess, God, yeah, it's hard to think of another movie where he's, like, actually a... Just a a dick. Kind of a dick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, my favorite scene involves him as well. It's the scene where the first, very first game, and they're all getting ready in the locker room, and he comes in. And a couple of them are like mystified because they're like, oh my God, he's like this really great baseball player. And he goes and just takes a piss. And (laughs) it's like, it's almost like the scene from Austin Powers. I don't know, maybe Austin Powers pulled from the scene. The scene was actually Penny Marshall had a hose of water that Mm -hmm. was going. And Tom Hanks didn't even know when it was going to stop. And so he just had to kind of play along with it. And so it just kept going and going and going. And then someone, I don't know who says it, but it's like, boy that's some good peeing or something
0: i I think it's madonna i think
1: (laughs) i was just like that is hilarious i just thought it was so funny
0: have you heard that thing where there's like a theory that tom hanks pees in like every single movie there's no oh yeah i you know i should have looked it up but it he has Does, does woody pee i mean i can't imagine (laughs) how that would be possible but i'm sure he does (laughs) because there's like this common thread that like tom hanks just like pees in every movie that he's in there's an audible peeing scene with tom hanks
1: oh that's so weird
0: yeah i should yeah there's a bunch I will have to look it up but it's
1: like um brad pitt with eating there's oh i haven't heard that oh Oh, really really? yeah it's almost like every movie he's eating something yeah
0: oh that's funny yeah (laughs) Um, I would I would wager to say that this is the best baseball movie of all time.
1: Ooh, really? Okay.
0: Yeah. I would welcome better any than counter feel arguments. Are are you goddamn kidding? Yeah, better than Feel the Dreams. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: okay, that's fair. I think from a pure baseball standpoint, I think I think you're right. It would be hard to Pull it off of the... God, what's the phrase I'm looking for? To knock it off the, off the mountain or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, there's, what, Bull Durham, There's Field of Dreams. The Jackie Robinson 42 movie. Right. Moneyball is pretty good. I like Moneyball.
0: They're good. But I don't know. For my money, this is the best baseball movie. It's got, like, everything you need. It's got baseball. Lots of it, actually. Yeah, there's um, a lot. <laughs> there's so much. And I played softball through, like... From when I was a kid up until high school and so it is like nice triggering in a nice way for me to yeah. watch this. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask if you had played any sports. So Yeah, I played That's softball cool. forever. Yeah. Yeah. First base. Ooh.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> and catcher. So it like when I have again very strong thoughts on Dottie dropping this ball as a former catcher myself.
1: Do you think she did it on purpose?
0: No, I strongly strongly believe she did not do it on purpose in fact my friends recently and i have gotten to a incredibly intense argument about this that in, like devolved into yelling good-natured yelling but then lots and lots of text messages later about it and like okay. sending of articles uh, i strongly believe she did not drop it on purpose
1: so you had an argument about this specific subject about her dropping the ball yes. whether it was on purpose or not
0: yeah yeah Interesting. Okay.
1: All right. Well, so you don't think she did, but you have friends who think she did. Correct. What was their argument for?
0: So their argument is saying she, the whole, I, I think it's when you back it up, it's more of a difference in opinion on what the movie's about, because in their minds, the movie is about the sibling rivalry and at the end of it. Dottie wanting Kit to have something that is hers and that she wins and she beats Dottie and she it comes out on top. And so, from that perspective, mm-hmm. it would make sense if she were to drop it for Kit, right? Mm-hmm. But my read on the movie is that it's it's less about the sibling rivalry, which is just kind of a plot point, and more about like women's expectations. And, like, the expectations that are set on women by society, yes, but also by themselves. And so, in my perspective, Dottie has lived this entire life under the working under these expectations, right? She's married. She wants to go home. She wants to have kids. She never wanted to come in the first place. Mm-hmm. But she's there, and she loves it and it is so meaningful to her which is kind of the battle that they're talking about the whole time like this is what she and Tom Hanks go back and forth about like that she loves it she says she doesn't but she clearly does Mm -hmm. and so my read on it is that when she comes back she is doing it for her she knows it's going to be her last hurrah she wants to be there for the team and she wants to be there for herself and so there's no possible way that she would drop that ball when she came back to subvert the expectations that she set and that she came back to subvert. So she definitely dropped it accidentally.
1: Yeah, I get that. And I I think you're right. I don't think she dropped it on accident or on purpose. There is something to be said though of like right before the inning starts, you see Dottie go over and look at Kit and Kit is crying in their dugout. And you get the sense that Dottie sort of feels for her that's true but at the same time you wonder so like when Dottie or sorry when Kit comes up to bat there's what two people on and Dottie goes up to the pitcher and is like you know pitch high because she can't hit the high ones that's a callback to the beginning of when Kit couldn't hit the ball which was thrown high but like I I got the sense that she was sort of setting up Kit for some sort of thing but I don't I don't know yeah you could see there was like some sort of sisterly love there and i don't know if she was like just giving her a shot or a chance to do it herself she couldn't do it her for her obviously and that's when it gets to the line of like at the end kit was saying like oh no you got me i wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for you she's like no you got yourself in the league i only got you on the bus i don't know it's there's a lot of love there that's all i'm
0: saying (laughs) yeah no i i I think there's yeah. there's so much love.
1: It's one of those things though, that can be left up to to interpretation. It's like, there's other movies like that where it's like, did this really happen yeah. or did it not happen? And,
0: but it also incites like crazy rage when you have... yeah. Um, Because I guess I never understood that people had such intense feelings about it either way because I've only ever felt one way about it. And I guess I've never talked about that with anyone. And so mm-hmm. when it came to light, incredibly organically, we weren't watching it. We hadn't talked about doing this. We were watching Point Break. There is no reason that this should have come up, but it really took over the entire night and has honestly (laughs) taken over like the weeks after with everyone sending their opinions (laughs) and trying (laughs) to back it up in this like very um, emotional way. Yeah. So there's clearly lots of opinions on this. I will say that that kit, Lori Petty, did an interview where she said that. Dottie did not drop the ball on purpose. And then Mm. Gina Davis did an interview where she said she knows what happened, but she'll never tell, which is honestly the best way to do that because it it is better in the end if it's a mystery. Although like, of course I believe deeply that I'm right. However, I understand that it's a mystery and that (laughs) there's a world in which I could be wrong.
1: Yeah. I will say though about the ending, I think it's, it was great in the sense that it was such an atypical, you know, finale to a movie because normally in these kind of movies, like, you know, major league, which I think is a a great baseball movie, by the way, um, you know, the, the good, the good guys, the team that you're following essentially the whole time wins at the end. But in this one, because of like the sisterly rivalry, you are, you're sort of rooting for Kit as well, but she's not the, really the protagonist. She's become sort of an antagonist. And then, but she ends up winning anyway. And it's, it's, not really much of a letdown because like, you know, that they're sisters and they'll, you know, they're fine. Either way you get the sense that everyone kind of wins because this league wasn't really supposed to be a successful thing in the beginning. And everyone kind of came together and made it happen and made it work. Um, And so I guess in that sense, like everyone wins, but it's, it was such a weird ending, very atypical, I guess, for like baseball movies.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting point and take on it, where the ending in some ways leaves you unsatisfied because the team you want to win doesn't win, which is like what you want, right?
1: Right. Yeah, because you're you follow the Rockford Peaches the whole way. You get to learn about each of them. You know, you learn more about Madonna and Rosie and Marla, and like you get to see like part parts of their personality, and you get to see like how they are, how they grow themselves, and how they is a team.
0: Yeah, you're emotionally invested with that team, not, like, the other team, which is just Kit and then... Uh, what's her name? She was married to David Duchovny. That's the only other person on the team that has any... Taylor, Taylor Leone? Yeah. Who <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is in, inexplicably, like, one of her clearly, like, first roles on the Racing yeah, yeah. Bells. Um, but it is kind of this ending that, honestly, like, movies have moved more into now than they were in, in the 90s. I feel like that, that was kind of a strange thing. But now you see... Mm-hmm more things where you get an ending where, like, the hero doesn't win or you don't get the happy ending. And that has become way more common than it was back then. Although, at the end of the day, you do kind of get a happy ending because the happy ending is that the All-American Girls Baseball League continues. And isn't that, like, what we really wanted above all else? Right. There's lots of yeah. When you think about it, it seems like a simple movie because it's, like, a semi-biopic about... Women's baseball, it's very popular. It's got Madonna. But there's actually a lot of like <laughs> levels to it when you think back, saying like, what did I want? What did this movie mean? Who are the heroes in it? Who are the villains? And it's com- right. it's actually complicated who those people are. Or does,
1: does a movie need a villain to be successful? Yeah, yeah that's a good question. Because I wouldn't say there are any villains. It's really just... Like when you look at a movie like Major League, you know, there is... The, the villain is like the Chicago White Sox or like any other baseball movie there's always like a villain of some sort but here it's not necessarily it's it's more of just
0: I feel like a villain could be if if we were to find a villain there's like villainous characteristics in some people right like you're if you want to dig into the like gender theory about it there's like May is scary because she's like a highly sexualized character so we're like made not to trust her completely because which is problematic at the end of the day but that's kind of what they're putting out there Mm -hmm. and then like Rosie O'Donnell's character Doris is kind of mean like you don't feel very sympathetic towards her even though you don't really necessarily have a reason not to but Mm -hmm. I think like if I were to identify like a villain in this it would always be Mr. Harvey which is like the capitalist who is right creating the league because it's going to make him money and then when it doesn't make him money he wants to shut it down and then um, of course there's uh, I can't remember his name now but it's David Strahan's character who mm-hmm. you know keeps it alive wants to keep the league going yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so I mean, if you're looking at it with the end of that, guys, that I always look at things, I think, because I grew up with, like, Disney movies, and it's always, like, the street urchin is the character <laughs> that you identify with, and then the, right. like, rich sultan or whoever is the bad guy. Like, you look at that, and you're like, Oh Har- Mr. Harvey is the, is the yeah. villain here that we're fighting against.
1: Yeah, I totally get that. I was going to say um Har- Harvey was probably the... If you could think of a villain in this yeah. movie, it would probably be him. Or, to some extent, Tom Hanks, who was working against the team for for half the movie <laughs> yeah
0: i guess that's true <laughs> but it's because tom hanks is like inherent charm makes it hard to see him as a villain because even when he's doing bad things you're kind of like oh, but you're just so charming i don't know i oh, can't hate tom you hanks. how could i hate him american so you're treasure. so lovable he's so yeah. lovable <laughs>
1: he's got those squishy cheeks
0: the little cheeks and these little like pizza lips which is a term <laughs> i came up with years ago for like Met like red lips that makes it look like you just ate a greasy piece of pizza (laughs) nice (laughs) but he's just he's so charming
1: yeah he is all right i have some trivia here which i'm probably sure you already know no i want to i want to know it all right so all the injuries and bruises in the film were real that the actresses received during filming so like that huge i forget who got it but she got that huge bruise on her leg that was real that was real yeah that's and they said a, it took wow, it, it took a couple months to go away. The actresses auditioning for the film, all of them had to prove that they could play baseball. And all the actresses cast in the film, aside from Gina Davis, did their own stunts. The only thing that Gina Davis, Gina Davis, did all her stunts except for the the split.
0: I was going to ask, did she do the when split? she caught the ball? Yeah.
1: She so I read she can do or she at the time she could do splits, but she couldn't slide into a split. And so they had to get someone to like do it for her.
0: The editing is amazing then because it looks it definitely looks like she's doing that split.
1: Um all the characters in the Baseball Hall of Fame at the end of the movie are real players from the league.
0: Oh my god, I did not know that. Wait, so all of the older ladies who are acting in like the Is that what you mean?
1: Not the actresses, but the 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 women playing and in the end credits to that really sad Madonna song. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, the most heartbreaking Madonna song. <laughs> They're all, they were all real. And like, I was like, oh. man, these chicks are badass. They're playing. Yeah. Because they were like, how can those balls probably better than I could?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, now, like my arm's dead now because I've been playing in a while. Oh, but same. Um, and then uh, a callback to what I mentioned earlier, Tom Hanks didn't even know in the scene where he was peeing. He didn't know um, when he would be done because Penny Marshall was in the stall with like a hose.
0: I love that. That is the best. That's yeah. my favorite. Like, these trivia <laughs> items are actually all kind of very interesting to me. Yeah, However, yeah. that is just such a f- funny one and, like, a testament to what a good actor he is because he's going for it. Like, it's, for me, it's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> and, but also, like, I like it. Good job.
1: So the line, there's no crying in baseball, it was voted number 54 out of 100 as you know the top number 54 movie line of all time which i think it earns it I think I, it's pretty good i would
0: think it'd be higher it is a classic i would think but maybe that's just because i love it so much
1: i'd have to see what the other ones were but there's been a lot of good lines i mean there's what over 100 years of movies now
0: i guess that's true
1: yeah one that i really liked because i love this movie but um marissa tomei filmed on audition tape of her playing baseball Being coached by Joe Pesci from the set of My Cousin Vinny, but Penny Marshall was just like, "Man, I don't think you're a ball player." So, oh, oh, that's funny.
0: So she had like a hawk eye on people's form.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Must be. I
0: guess so. I mean, they were good. They, if you watch it, like especially having played softball forever. Not that I am an authority in any way, but they're really good. Like, yeah, they are. Throws are incredibly solid. They're catching. You know, it's amazing.
1: The only person I think who had a little bit of trouble was Madonna. They had to move her from third base to like outfield because mm. she couldn't, she wasn't really good at like fielding the grounders and stuff.
0: I mean, that tracks. I can't, I don't see Madonna being very good at competitive sports. Although.
1: but She did good.
0: Yeah, she was definitely okay.
1: Yeah. I guess they were like maybe soccer or something. I don't know. I don't know if she played anything when she was a kid.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's a, That's a great question. Unclear. <laughs> I think what, just to go like back speaking of Madonna and like uh, their skills g- to go back to like favorite scene one of the other scenes that is like amazing and I wonder how many times I had to do it was when Rosie O'Donnell throws the ball at Gina Davis and Gina Davis like catches it in the air which I, I feel like has always to me been like the moniker of cool like that is so cool to do not even look <laughs> yeah. at it just put your hand up in the air and catch it which I've never yeah. been able to do, personally. But, um, like, Gina Davis had well, to do that. Have you tried? Uh, yeah, I've definitely tried. have <laughs> tried a lot. <laughs> um, but Gina Davis had to do that, right? Like, she had to... Yeah. Someone threw a ball at her, and she had to not look at it and catch it and mm-hmm. be, like, the most beautiful woman in the world and do it. It's, like, a lot True. of things to be at once.
1: For sure. Anything else you wanted to chat about with the movie?
0: Um, I guess, like... The only other thing I'll say is that as a kid, like this, the actually there's two things I'll say. One, the as a kid, this like sibling revelry spoke to me so deeply, and and, mm-hmm. and honestly, like still does in this way that like I'm al- I'm almost ashamed of. Where, really, my brother growing up, my brother is three years younger than me, and he played baseball and I played softball, and we were both like pretty good at both of these sports and definitely had like a rivalry. But like, as we were different genders, we were never on the same team. So it didn't come to a head as much as it did with Kit and Dottie. But like that watch rewatching this, it reminded me that I still feel incredibly competitive with my brother in this like very different way because we don't, we don't play competitive sports anymore. Obviously we're both in our thirties. Like, it, that's not the life that we live at this point but now it's moved into these strange things and as I was re-watching this I was just thinking like god this like competitive nature never goes away with you so like mm-hmm. we it used to be competitive in sports and now it's more like who can get our parents the best Christmas gift and I've never won because my brother always wins this but and I don't think he knows it's a competition because he he definitely does not know that this is a competition. But I feel deeply that it is, and so every year I'm like battling against, especially when like I was like tw- like twenty five and working in like a nonprofit theater mm-hmm. and making no money. So I would get my dad like a framed photo of myself for Christmas, <laughs> and then my brother would get him like a leather jacket. Jesus. <laughs> We're still, like, having these competitions. And so, like, watching this reminded me that, like, oh, my God, this shit never goes away. Like, you're always doing this. Their sibling rivalry was very reminiscent to me of this, like, lifelong thing that never, like, I imagine if Kit and Dottie were here today, they would still be, like, fighting over who brought, like, the best casserole or (laughs) Yeah. whatever they're
1: doing yeah who knitted the uh knitted the best blanket or something yeah
0: yeah something like that
1: my sister is three years older than me and we actually were on the same baseball team that my dad coached when we were kids in little league we were never like that competitive though in that sense it was always like we never competed for like the same position or anything so it was never like that big of a deal but it was fun to play it was always fun to play
0: yeah I think I have like a competitive nature that you've probably seen this (laughs) before at work in some ways where (laughs) like yeah I know it's (laughs) it's shocking that like cannot be denied and I'm I am positive my brother does not feel this way anymore but like every single I definitely am still like okay I gotta one-up that leather jacket every (laughs) thinking about that leather jacket
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will say though if we ever make it back to the office after this quarantine and you want to bring your glove I'm always happy to like do some do some catching or something over lunch break if you want.
0: Yes. In two years when we get back into the office, <laughs> right. uh, I would love to do that.
1: Oh my God. That sounds I like know. a lot of fun. So I did come up with a sequel idea for this, but it's probably, it's going to be like atypical. Um And normally in the past, I've done kind of like a play by play for these, but I'm just going to kind of do some quick highlights here. So basically I was trying to think of like, I, I thought this was wrapped up really well. We know that the league, went on for a couple of years and it's not, it's no longer around obviously, but there are other women's sports that are really big and like have come about since then. So I thought it'd be interesting to do not necessarily like a league of their own two, um, but sort of like a, like an homage sort of thing with the WNBA. So, Hmm. so following like the beginnings of the WNBA with the main storyline focused on the three kind of major players, I don't know if you're very familiar with the WNBA. I'm not in, no, very in particular. I,
0: uh, we should we both should be, but <laughs>
1: Yeah. No. But um so the three main players were Rebecca Lobo, Lisa Leslie, and Cheryl Swoops, who eventually played for Seattle Storm. And so the the movie essentially would start out with uh because the league didn't get started until like ninety seven ish, um, or late nineties. But it kind of started initially with the ninety six Olympic team. So it would essentially follow like all the girls as they went to the the Olympic team and like how they how they did there and then how that kind of translated into the forming of the WNBA with and you can have all the same kind of bit players like you have the league guy sort of like Harvey in this movie and you can have the players and and the different coaches and stuff and you can have some some rivalries because uh, Rebecca Lobo and uh, played on the Comets and Lisa Leslie I think played on the Liberty. And they were both in a championship against each other. And so they were like two of the biggest names playing in the championship against each other. Um, and then there's also Cheryl Swoops, who missed a lot of the season because she was pregnant. And so there's a, like an interesting storyline there about like women in sports and like motherhood and all this kind of stuff. And the movie culminates in the championship game between, you know, the Comets and the New York Liberty. And that's basically it. Um, I didn't get too much. <laughs> I mean, that's all you it. need. It writes
0: itself. It writes itself. I had one sequel idea.
1: Oh, too, I would to love to hear. It. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's it's a uh, it's not <laughs> it's not a real sequel per se, but um, basically that we reboot the franchise here, but it's with all men, and it's just called baseball, and they don't have any problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's all the right. sequel. <laughs>
0: But also, not there's like one that I came up with that is not fleshed out at all, that is called a League of Their Own Field of Dreams. When the all of the baseball players pass on, and but they can't they can't move on because they need to come back and figure out if Dottie actually dropped the ball, which <laughs> <laughs> if you like think about, it, it's probably what's going to happen to me <laughs> because I cannot know.
1: You're going to be in purgatory for the rest of your life. <laughs> I need to know. God's going to be like got to be like what happened and you're like i don't know
0: <laughs> I, I need to find gina davis <laughs> yeah. she knows and she won't tell
1: yeah yeah she's up in heaven
0: yeah but she's definitely in heaven
1: were you able to come up with a conspiracy theory
0: yes so my conspiracy theory is that bob gina davis's husband mm-hmm. actually died in the war and so oh. when he comes back because when he walks into her hotel room in like wherever they are um unbidden like where does he come from she doesn't right. know it seems like tom hanks doesn't know who told him and he just walks in and she's very surprised and it seems a little bit jarring and so my conspiracy theory is that he died in the war this is his ghost trying to like pull her out of the situation to like get her out of the world series interesting
1: interesting
0: yeah, because you never really see him interact with anyone. Like, Tom Hanks is talking to Gina Davis. Maybe he has a couple words of him, but you could explain it away. I think at the
1: end away. he does, but yeah, yeah.
0: You could explain it away if you really dig into it.
1: I mean, if you could if you could believe what Bruce Willis did in Sixth Sense, you can kind of get away with it. That's
0: right. If you, like, take the Sixth Sense logic and apply it to League of Their <laughs> Own, then Bob is super dead.
1: Is the Sixth Sense... A sequel to a league of their own is it? Oh like, my gosh, maybe Ed that's Shammell. the conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I like that. You're right because he just kind of like it's a very wispy. He just kind of shows up out of nowhere. How do you even up know with where they perfect were? Perfect hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's got a limp, you know, with a cane. Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't make a lot of sense. He looks perfect, and he comes out of nowhere. And Gina yeah. Davis is super happy, but like, it doesn't make a ton of sense. So I think he's dead.
1: Okay, that that makes sense. All right, mine is that uh, also involves her husband. So her and her husband, Gina Davis, they never left to go back to Oregon. Instead, they just kind of like secretly followed the team around to each of the games to see like at what point would Gina Davis going in have the like the best impact? You know, obviously at Game Seven when she would have a chance to like beat her sister that's when she miraculously makes a a a reappearance quote-unquote but the whole time she's been in the stands maybe they had like you know like the sunglasses with like the the hat and
0: that's dark that's a dark one that's like (laughs) Gina Davis's character is like incredibly marred in that situation (laughs) but I do love the like visual of Gina Davis sitting in the stands with like a sunglasses and like a hat and like yeah pulling it down over her eyes
1: well it's easy to do when your husband's a ghost so you can just do yeah. whatever you want Yeah,
0: exactly when well, you're sitting there alone no one <laughs> right. else can see him yes so it makes sense.
1: And there's someone there ain't you that daddy and like no no it's not me I don't mm, know. it's definitely
0: not me i'm <laughs> yeah. married you see my husband anywhere empty yeah. seat next to her <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. it's all tracking
1: yeah 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 all right cool so i came up with a couple bar trivia names based on the movie Um, yeah me too were you able to come up okay so um i guess i'll start with this one i one of mine is a a, a tom hanks yell which is like you're killing me alice like that one (laughs)
0: it's a good one yeah um one of my other favorite scenes is when marla hooch gets drunk and she is in the bar and And she's singing
1: singing to her her she's singing to nelson and that's yeah.
0: my tour team name i'm singing to nelson
1: i'm singing to nelson that's a good one <laughs> yeah my i have another one uh stillwell's revenge
0: oh that's good
1: yeah yeah Is that fucking stillwell he got the last laugh
0: he did get, he like is definitely outlived all of them
1: and <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it helps when you're <laughs> like 20 years younger years yeah
0: <laughs> Um, I had another one that kind of calls back to what we were talking about before, which is like when I rewatched this, I definitely noted that John Lovett's line where he's going to give her his wife a pickle tickle. So (laughs) definitely the pickle ticklers. (laughs) The pickle ticklers. That's a good one. That's a really good one.
1: One of mine was there's no crying in trivia.
0: Oh, that's good. That's a really good one. I feel like the rest of mine were like they're kind of basic because there's so many things in this movie that could be trivia team names. So mm-hmm. you could be, like, Betty Spaghetti. You could be... Oh, yeah. Um, Dirt in the Sk- You could be, like, All the Way May. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so many. And they're all definitely kind of basic. But they all also work at yeah. the same time. Yeah. You know?
1: I had one more. And it is a harken back to my favorite scene, which is, boy, that was some good peeing. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: like really talked a lot about this (laughs) being seen i mean it can't it can't be denied it's impressive (laughs) regardless (laughs) i'm like making notes of all these ones that you're saying so that when eventually we can go out and do trivia again that there'll be this like incredible well of knowledge that i can pull i'll have
1: to yeah i'll have to come up with a google doc of like all of our episodes and all the trivia names we come up with each because we've we've come up with some good ones but it's like no one will ever get it (laughs) yeah
0: yeah sometimes i don't care if people get it like oh god i won't be able to remember it but there's we used to do trivia once a month at central cinema Mm -hmm. and oh one of them was a um a charles manson like a manson murders reference that no one got even people on my own team didn't get but They believed me enough that it was good that we pushed through, but no one ever got it. But I certainly chuckled to myself.
1: (laughs) Was it like the the name of his album or something? No, um,
0: it was uh, Susan Atkins' Diet just like Susan Atkins is one of the members of the Manson family that was like involved in the, oh, okay. and like Atkins obviously, it's terrible. Got it. Yeah, yeah. But if you like like that kind of like macabre humor, it like really hits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wouldn't have got it either. I'd be yeah. like, what, Susan Atkins?
0: Yeah, it's it's like only for a really specific group of people.
1: Well, okay. So for the for the top five this week, you. Su- well, we actually went back and forth on this quite a bit, but I think we settled on the top five Madonna songs for each of us. And so this was your movie. So you get first dibs.
0: Okay. So my first thought was that I was going to do five songs from Evita, which <laughs> you <Okay. laughs> honestly and truly love as, okay. a mov- as a movie. You can do that. I mean, no one's stopping you. <laughs> I know. But then I thought about it and I was like, no, that that's not totally accurate. Yeah. So I think um, I definitely I chose the songs that were my favorite as a child, and that mm-hmm. I would record on my like boombox off the radio, and then two from Avita. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, take a bow, which was okay. not like a huge hit, but is very emotional mm-hmm. and definitely made me feel things as a kid.
1: For me, again, it was very like early Madonna stuff from when I was a kid, and. I it just starts. It's got to start with La Isla Bonita.
0: That is on my list too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nice. Probably, I think her best song of all time. Just in, I would not disagree with that. Yeah, great song. What was your number two?
0: Number two was Borderline.
1: Okay. Which yeah, yeah.
0: It I loved um, as a kid and is like poppy and fun.
1: Oh, for sure. I gotta go with my number two, Material Girl.
0: Mm, classic.
1: Yeah. You don't seem too excited about. It.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's good. It's
1: good. <laughs> if you like that sort of thing, it's if, fine. If you're
0: into that sort of thing, it's great. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I just love that. So we we had a friend who had VH1 and like MTV, and so they would videotape a lot, like a lot of music videos for us for like me and my sister, and so we would just we would just have videotapes and one of the like material girl was one of them and i loved that video as a kid i just loved watching that video
0: it's a great it's an amazing video it's a good song too i don't mean to like (laughs) yeah
1: you hate it it's fine
0: i just it's the worst (laughs) song i've ever heard but that's fine
1: (laughs) all right what you got next
0: (laughs) okay my next one and this is like kind of a cough out but this used to be my playground ending credit song from a league of their own
1: Oh wow! Okay, the song
0: slaps. It's so, <laughs> it's so good. That song just like by the end of a League of the Run, I'm crying super hard, and then they play the song, and then I'm crying double hard, and so it's like imprinted on me. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> God, where am I? Oh, okay. Um, number three, I think for me is "Open Your Heart" from the True oh, Blue oh. L.
0: That's a good one.
1: Yeah. So I hadn't heard that in forever. And so yesterday when I was kinda like thinking about these, I was going through I was listening to like all the albums, obviously. And I heard that. I was like, Oh my God. Like I feel like my sister used to listen to that over and over and over and over again. And so it just hit me really hard. I was like, Oh my God, I remember this like crazy. And it's a really good song. And so that prompted me to text her. I was like, What are your top five songs?
0: <laughs> That's a great song. I forgot about it, honestly. Open your heart. Oh, you're gonna No, I'm not gonna, are you sing, gonna it?
1: sing it. The audience does not want to hear me sing. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Who knows? Get me drunk. I've, I've heard me... you do karaoke before.
1: Yeah, I'll do karaoke, but not not for a podcast.
0: Uh, my next favorite, moving into my Avita choices, is Buenos Aires from Avita, which is like a a real peppy one before like everything goes to shit in that movie. Long story short, she's arriving in Buenos Aires, mm, and she's very excited, and her, like her her song choice uh matches her excitement level and nice also matches mine at that point so
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're just so excited for her
0: i'm very excited for her so that that's my choice out of all the madonna's songs that is my number four pick
1: nice my number four is like a prayer
0: classic again yeah good choice that's a good one no that's a good one
1: yeah no i mean yeah obviously i do have other ones on here and we could talk about after this but um I think in terms of just, like, nostalgia factor for me. Like a prayer. Also a very good video, by the way.
0: I feel like that's my favorite Madonna video. But, like, that video was so upsetting to me as a child, which I think is why I really liked it. And I can remember so many specific scenes from it that Mm -hmm. it's obviously very good because it imprinted on me so deeply. Yeah.
1: It's one of, like, it's a very just, like, epic song in terms of like there's layers of there's chor- choral stuff and there's like just a lot of stuff that she was I think playing around with at the time and yeah. it's not like your typical like when you hear like the true blue stuff it's just like 80s synth and stuff like that and this is this kind of took her up a level which I thought yeah. was kind of interesting but. yeah
0: I th- I think that's why it was so popular because it like felt a little bit different but not different enough that it was weird but just like slightly tweaked but I think she got in trouble for that video, too. But um, So my last choice from Evita, as I said, um, has to be the classic Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, mm-hmm. which was on the radio all the time, which is actually kind of an amazing feat for a musical to get on like mainstream radio. And I love it. And to this day, I sing it in my car all the time. Oh, really? Uh, absolutely if you look at my spotify you see like that song come up all the time because i'm just like playing it over and over when i'm singing in my car i love it um it is a
1: good song that that song i've heard for sure
0: yeah yeah because it was on the radio which is amazing so i gotta choose that as my as my last madonna pick yeah my
1: last pick has gotta be vogue
0: oh that's so good yeah
1: yeah good song which i didn't i didn't actually know it It was just kind of like this throwaway, not a throwaway song, but like it was a song she recorded, but she didn't have an album to put it on. So they put it on the Dick Tracy soundtrack album (laughs) that she made. And so it's like you got all these kind of like hippy dippy Dick Tracy songs and then this song at the bottom. And it's like, it just makes no sense. But yeah, the reason I love Vogue is because I love Pose as well. Have you seen the new season?
0: no um i haven't seen the first season but i've seen paris is burning which is like the documentary obviously that like inspired that yeah i've watched like all this ryan murphy stuff and somehow i haven't gotten to that he's just so prolific that like there he comes out with like six things a year and then i can't keep up but (laughs) (laughs) that's on the list but i love paris is burning
1: well this is like a dramatized version of paris is burning essentially do you have any other songs that you like of hers outside of your top five
0: I mean, do you want me to keep going on about my Avida songs? <laughs> <They're> so <laughs> so funny. I will say I, I love mean, this.
1: You can if you want.
0: I mean, no one wants this. It, literally no one wants this. But there is another Avita song that I love called Another Suitcase, Another Hall. And it's just like a weird, it's almost like a talk singing situation like they do in like a lot of operas. Yeah. And no one likes it. Because it's a throwaway song where they're kind of just like describing Madonna leaving, mm. and like sleeping with a bunch of different people to get like sleeping her way to the top essentially. Mm-hmm. But I freaking love it. <laughs> I can't like all the Madonna songs that are like Madonna songs are fine, but I feel like really imprinted on this Avita soundtrack.
1: <laughs> well, there are some there are some post like late nineties, early two thousand stuff that I do like. So like Secret. From bedtime stories i think mm. is a really good song
0: that's a good song what about frozen
1: that was the next one yes frozen from rave light i remember that video of her like that was the first time i saw like henna and she's doing yes. this thing like
0: didn't she turn into a bunch of ravens or something yeah like on the out
1: in the desert or something yeah. yeah um and then hung up is probably my part of the I next one
0: i don't think i know that
1: one it's the it's from confessions on a dance floor I don't you don't really know, know that song I think I post- we'll go listen to it <laughs> yeah i will it was like right post away my madonna phase <laughs>
0: <laughs> if it's not on a, the avita soundtrack i don't know what it is
1: but i was yeah i was listening to the her album that came out last year and i was like what is this this
0: is yeah doesn't
1: sound like her at all it's she's 62 isn't that crazy
0: yeah it is crazy she looks amazing she does But uh, when you're incredibly rich it's easy to look amazing so
1: yeah i do really it on impressed. the cheap. So. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think it's clear we do it on the cheap. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Did you have any final thoughts or anything you wanted to talk about with the movie or anything else we chatted about?
0: Um, I think just that again as I said before, I believe this is the greatest baseball movie of all time.
1: I'll stand behind you on that.
0: Yeah, I think like there's an argument to be made like on Twitter that this is number 1. Yeah. And then that like I truly believe at the end of the day this is like a this is a movie about, like, women's expectations mm-hmm. and, like, the expectations we put on ourselves. And so when I rewatch it, I'm just reminded of that every time. Especially nowadays. Those expect we can-, we can look a little bit higher than what is we may think.
1: For sure. No, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I loved rewatching it. It was definitely a reminder of my, like, childhood mania about it. So that was fun. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was great to see you, again. I loved, I enjoyed every minute of it, so it was great. Thank you so much again for doing this. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, it was fun. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate it, and hopefully we'll see each other in person at some point when all this stuff goes away. One day. But um, Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, we want to thank you all for listening. If you want to reach out and share your own sequel ideas, conspiracy theories, or top picks, hit us up on twitter at superimpostpod or email us at superimposedpod at gmail.com we'll see you next time
0: boy that was some good opinion